0: Us. Hebrews 13.8 says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is. Jesus doesn't change, and I'm here to tell you today, the Word of God doesn't change. And so what happens with us as people, many times we compromise or we settle with the Word of God. And some of you have known the Word of God, but you hadn't lived by the Word of God. See, really, when you think about this, guys, church isn't just a Sunday thing. Church is an everyday thing. And church isn't your civic duty. It's come to get planted in the house of God and do life together. And so when we talk about the Word of God even here today, I believe some of you need to re-enlist and re-up in the Word of God and say, man, I'm going to live by the Word of God because the Word of God is your lifeline. Without the Word of God, guys, you're not going to succeed in life, okay? I'm not going to succeed. This is how important the Word of God is. Begin with me in Mark chapter 4, verse number 1. And it says, And he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat, set it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then Jesus taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, or give attention to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And it happened as they sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it, and some fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up because it did not have no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up, choked, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop and sprang up, increased and produced some thirty, sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now we talked about this last week. And in Jesus' words in this parable, he lists four types of soil or four types of a human's heart. The wayside, which we talked about last week, and all these little pots up here they have, I had nothing to do with them, okay? So if you like them, praise the Lord, but I had nothing to do with them. This is the wayside, and this is where the seed just hits, and remember, it stays on top. And because of that, it never gets in the heart. But in the categories that Jesus listed, all four of them, every one of them, the seed fell on. Every one of them. When you go back and look, whether it was the wayside, whether it was the stony ground, the thorny ground, or the good ground, the seed fell on every one of them. So this tells me, guys, the issue wasn't the seed. The issue was the type of ground it fell on. And the type of ground that he fell on is talking about our heart. Now, I believe this, that when Jesus lists these four, I believe it locates every one of us in this room today. You're in one of these categories. I believe if there was more than that, Jesus would have told us about it. But he specifically mentions these four. Now, turn with me to to the next page, to, to verse 13. And he begins to explain this parable. And Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So once again, guys, this is the granddaddy of them all. you got to get this one. If you want to understand how the kingdom of God operates, this is the blueprint. If you don't get this one, you won't get any of them. Now, Jesus is here, is talking about the seed, and he's talking about the word of God is the seed. How do you know that? Look at verse 14. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So, the seed he's talking about is the word of God. And in every one of these categories, the seed fell on every one of these hearts. And so, when we talk about the Word of God, in the book of Hosea, it says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. My people perish for not understanding the Word of God. Could be said this way, and don't let this offend you. My people perish for being ignorant, ignorant to the Word of God. Now, this is why I jumped back or started out with churches more than, than just coming here on Sunday morning. And I believe in our society a lot of times right now. That's how people view church. Well, I went to church on Sunday morning. No, guys, we're missing the boat. When we don't understand, I've got to hear the word of God. And not only got to hear the word of God, I got to do it. Now, I'm going to skip verse number 15. That was last week. Verse number 16 is where we're going to begin. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground. Look how he defines stony ground. When they hear the word, when they hear the word, now think about it. They hear the word just like we're doing today, but it says, and and immediately they receive it with gladness. Now if we went back to the parable that we read starting in in chapter 4, it says that when they immediately heard it, it sprang up. There's something that has to do with this word immediately in this one because he references it three times. So he says, immediately they receive it with gladness. We hear it. We welcome it. We look and say, man, that is good news. I like what it says. Keep reading. And immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. Now notice this, guys. He said but they have no root in themselves. So this is it right here. We plant it in stony ground. And they have no root, and so what happens? It barely goes in. And when it barely goes into the soil, he goes ahead and tells us what happens says, so they endure for only a time. And you may think back about this when you may have been in kindergarten And they gave you a little Dixie cup with a seed in it. And man, you you watered that thing and and within days it shot up. But you got to understand this. If you didn't get it out of that little Dixie cup and plant it in the ground, what happens? It dies. It doesn't make it. That's exactly what happens right here. If we don't allow the Word of God to get in our heart and take root... It won't last. It only endures for a short time. Now look what he goes on to say in verse 17. Afterward, when tribulation or persecutions arise. You want to highlight a word in your Bible today? Highlight the word when. Because if you'll note there, it didn't say if tribulations, trouble or afflictions come. He said When they come. Now this is what happens in life. You're going to face trouble. You're going to face some tribulations. Even even when you're serving God. How many of you have faced trouble in your job? How many of you have faced trouble at, at, at your marriage? The things in life. Every one of us. So just because you give your heart to Jesus doesn't mean you're exempt from anything. And he said... When tribulations and persecutions arise, for what? For the Word's sake. So, guess what? When you start trying to live by the Word of God, persecution's gonna come. Persecution. So, you know what this tells me? Things are gonna happen not because you're doing anything wrong, but it's gonna come because of the Word of God. Now, remember last week when we talked about. The wayside right here, it said immediately the devil comes to steal the word. This week he gets over and talks about when you hear the word of God, tribulations and persecutions are going to come. Trouble can come from any area of your life, but persecutions will come from people. And so I'm telling you right now, when you make a stand to live by the word of God, you may have family members come after you. I've been at family reunions, guys, where they thought we were crazy. They're crazy. They're serving God like that. You may have friends that are going to come against you. How many of you have ever had friends come against you because of the word of God? Guys, when I got born again, I'm going to tell you, one of the, the, the hardest things for me to do was break up with my friends. That's some of you guys' problem. You're addicted to stupid people. I've been there, guys, and I hope that doesn't offend you. But I'm going to tell you, my brother used to tell me this when I got born again. He said, you continue running with the snakes, you're going to get bit. Well, what happens, a lot of my friends, guys, I had grown up with them since we were kindergarten all the way through school. I liked them. But I understood this, that if I was going to serve the things of God, then they probably weren't going to be my friends. Now we can jump back to what we talked about last week in Matthew 7, 13 and 14 when Jesus said there's two roads. Narrow is the road that leads to life, but the wide road, the easy road, the popular road is the road that leads to destruction. Now I found out that all my friends, guys, they live by the wide road. They wanted to, to party. They wanted to do all the things that the world did. And I began to understand this. I couldn't get near them. I had to break up with them. I had to get away from them. Because every time I got around them, I did wrong things. So I begin to serve God. And guess what they begin to do? They begin to persecute. They begin to persecute. So I had this thought in my mind that once I give my heart to Jesus and start serving Him, you know what, I'm going to go back and get every one of them born again. So I thought, I can go back to the bars, the clubs, and I can hang out with them. I'm going to get them saved. And you know what happened ultimately? They got me drunk. Just telling you the truth, guys. I wasn't in a position spiritually, the Word of God had not taken root in me. And so I understood, i got to get away from them. I can tell you this right now. I can go any bar and any club right now. And you know what? They're not going to influence me. I'm going to influence them. But that took years and years and years. And so right here, he gives us some things that are going to go on. And he said, tribulation and persecution is going to rise for the word's sake. And look what happens. Immediately, they stumble on account of the word because of the word once again. And so when they stumble, guess what people ultimately say? The Word of God doesn't work. It doesn't, it's not working. No, 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 listen again. The Word of God works. It's the seed where the heart is. It's the ground where the Word falls on. Now when I look at this Word immediately over and over again, this is what I begin to pick up about the stony ground. That we hear the good news of the gospel, man, we hoot and holler, yes. But what ultimately happens is because we like things immediately, especially as Americans. I mean, we, we like instant popcorn, two minutes and 20 seconds on my microwave. I mean, you can pull up at the ATM and give me, my- I mean, we like things immediately. So what happens is when the Word of God does not produce immediately in my life a self gratification or an instant gratification a quick fix we bail out we bail out on the word of god and we say it doesn't work but when you understand when seed goes into the ground it's going to be a process it's going to take time and many times we don't look at the word of god that way but if you look at it in light of a farmer you know these cotton farmers around here they'll begin to put their cotton seed in the ground and we know this, that if they planted today and they walked out there in the field tomorrow and said, look, it's not coming up, let's disc it all up, it's not working. We'd all look and say, they're crazy. They didn't give it no time. But this is exactly what happens with the Word of God. And so today we got to get over where we understand, i got to keep getting in the Word. i got to keep living by the Word. Day day. By day by day. It's an everyday deal with the things of God. Now turn over to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. As you're turning there, guys, I'm going to tell you, life will try to shake you. How is it going to try to shake you? With tribulations and persecutions. And when that happens, guys, dig in. Dig in to the Word of God. Grab on to it and say, I'm not letting go of this. This is this important. It amazes me right now in our society how many Christians do not know the Word of God. Don't have a clue about the Word of God. And what happens here, guys, is is church has become a Sunday morning thing. And so we go to church on Sunday, we leave, and when Monday and Tuesday comes around and persecutions and tribulations, right, we start getting our rear kicked in life and we wonder why. We haven't been in the Word. This is your greatest daily vitamin right here. you got to get an appetite. Ask God, put an appetite for the Word in me. Colossians 2, verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus as Lord, talking about salvation, so walk in Him. So walk in Him. And so listen, when He talks about you receive Christ Jesus as salvation, that's just the beginning point. That isn't where to just go through life and think, man, everything's hunky-dory, everything's great. No. He said, live, walk in Him. Now, when you look at this, guys, the the faith that he's talking about consists of a deepening. If you're still where you were ten years ago when you got born again, that's a sad indictment on us. God's desire is we start growing roots and we get deeper and deeper. And we get deeper where when the things of life come in, I'm, I'm sound. I'm solid. I'm not going anywhere. So he tells us here, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus Lord, so walk in him. Be rooted, built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught. Be established in the faith right here. And so your roots are, are being firmly and deeply planted in him is what the Amplified says got to get my roots in the things of God. Keep reading. As you've been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. The message says there, school's out, quit studying, and start living it. School's out, quit studying it, and start living it. And so this is the thing that begins to happen for every one of us. Let me ask you this question. You may hear the word, and you may know the word, but do you live it? But do you do it? See, it's one thing for me to be, come in here and tell you scriptures and, 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 and tell you what the Word says here and there. But are you living it? Am I living it? The only way the Word of God will have fruit or bear a crop is for me to do it. For me to live it. That's why it's over and over in the Bible It says, don't be just a, a hearer of the Word, but be a doer. Keep reading. Now look at verse 8. Beware, lest anyone cheats you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So you know what he's telling me here? I got two options. Option A, I can live by the philosophies of man. Or option B, I'm going to live by the word of God. Now, anytime I choose to live by the philosophies of men, Ooh, I get in defeat, guys. But when I live by the word of God, things begin to happen. Things will happen for you and me. Now, go with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Once again, guys, I, I can't walk by my flesh and my feelings. Do we have feelings? Yeah, every one of us have feelings. But I can't allow my feelings to dictate, dominate, or control me i got to look at the Word of God and say, this is what the Word says. Jeremiah chapter 17. Begin with me in verse number 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Cursed is the man who relies on man. This is what happens, guys, when we start putting the thoughts, the philosophies of man above God. I can't do it. And God said in his word, my ways aren't man's ways. My thoughts aren't man's thoughts. But he says right here, cursed. When you put the things of God above God, I mean the things of men above God, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh his strength whose heart departs from the Lord. Whose heart departs from the Lord. Now, in reading that, guys, when we, when we trust in man more than God, our heart begins to depart from the things of God. And the era we live in right now, not only in the world, but even in America, I've I really been around people in the last few days that fear has literally gripped them. And really a lot of what I'm talking about here is the stuff that happened in Boston the other day. And I was around people the other night that they weren't in this church. And one of them asked me, they said, what is your take on all this? And I said, it's not going to get any better. Now, I didn't say that to put fear on them. Why do I say it's not going to get any better? Because the Bible's very clear that lawlessness will start abounding. That means darkness. We're seeing that right now. Depending on your age, and I said this last week, I saw the things in the 60s that meant on TV there was never hardly even a cuss word. Now, I mean on, on the major networks, you might as well be mo- watching a skin flick, the stuff they're showing. And so you begin to see the, the stuff on TV, the, the curse words. Things are beginning to abound more and more. This is what's going to happen. Now one lady asked me the other night. She said, how can a human being do this to other human beings? You know what the bottom line is? When people quit serving God, their hearts become hardened. I don't care if that's me or you or these two brothers that did this. When I quit living by the word of God. People say this is a book of rules. No, This is a blueprint to life. And when human beings get off this, guys, this is what happens. Does God love those two boys that did that? Absolutely He does. God just hates the spirit of Islam that's behind it. And I said, the spirit of Islam that's behind that. I'm going to tell you right now, a religion that preaches that junk... I'm telling you, that's that's of the devil. Does God love the Muslims? Absolutely. And if you're here today and you're a Muslim, I love you. I'm for you. But God is the only way. That's when, when God said to Moses, you tell him, I am that I am sent me. There is no other God. I believe God loves the Muslims. I believe that with all my heart. And actually, guys, my prayer has been for that one boy that's alive, but his mom and dad, you know what my prayer is? They get saved. They get Jesus. They get Jesus. But once again, this is what happens when men start living by their own set of rules. If it doesn't line up with the B-I-B-L-E, you better get rid of it. I don't care what laws our nation passes. I don't care what laws the state of Texas passes. If it goes against the B.I. Bill, you better discard it. Get rid of it. I'm telling you right now, guys. This is the book, man. This is the only thing that can change us. Let me keep reading before I get stuck on here. Verse 6. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. In a salt land which is not inhabited, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Woo! This is where we got to get back to, guys. And whose hope is in the Lord, whose confidence is in the Lord. And the man who trusts and the man whose confidence is in the Lord, he says, he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out its root by the rivers. His roots begin to go in, and they get real deep, and will not fear. When heat comes. But its leaf will be green. And will not be anxious in the year of drought. Nor will he cease from yielding fruit. You know what he's telling me there? I don't care if it's a year of drought. Whatever it is. As believers that trust and have confidence in the living God. You'll keep yielding fruit. You'll bear a crop. This is what he's talking about. So the bottom line is. i got to get this. And if you're, if you're struggling today with fear. What's going to happen to us? I'm afraid to send my kids to school. I'm afraid to go out anymore. i tell you right now. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I'm like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. And where I get back over to, guys, in Psalm 91, God said, I've given my angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. A thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near your dwelling. And I'm gonna tell you guys, we gotta believe God. You pray over your little children before you send them to school. You speak the blood of the Lamb over them, and God will watch over them. He'll protect them. I just gotta get over and have confidence toward God. Here's a good scripture for some of you Proverbs 3 5 and 6 says, To trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And lean not unto thy own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. And he'll order your steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered to God. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now. It's the people that do the word, the people that know the word. I've been on airplanes before and I've had people say, man, I'm afraid we're going to crash. You know what I said to them? We're not going to crash. As long as I'm on the plane, we're not going to crash. And it's not because I'm a superhero. It's because the word of God. That God said, I'm going to give my angels charge over you. And so this is where we got to get, guys. Where we're this is what the Bible says. You send little Johnny to school tomorrow, and you speak the blood over him. No evil will befall you. Look with me in, in Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. That's why I told you, I'm going to put some hope in some of you today. Where you leave here, and that's what I end up doing. Guys, I didn't know those people the other night. Man, I'm going to tell you, the word of God began to fly out of me. And these were people that said, well, we go to church on Sunday morning. Man, I don't care if we go to church. That's a great thing to do, but I've got to get the Word in me. That's my lifeline. And, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the one passage we read last week says, they take on the form of Christian, but the power's denied. I mean, I can talk in Christianese all I want, but until I get the Holy Spirit in me and let the Word of God be rich in me, I'm going to live in defeat. God will move. And this is what happens many times as human beings to us. Numbers 14, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Have you ever been that way? When you started to blame other people, let me ask you this. Who's the Moses and the Aaron's of your life? Where you look and say, I would be doing this in life or be doing that if it wasn't for this. If it wasn't for my ex-wife. If it wasn't for my stupid husband. See, this is what happened. And you know what? When we get into that mindset, we settle. We're saying that we can blame them and it stops the Word of God. It doesn't stop the Word of God. Now look what he goes on to say in verse verse number 2, here he's at. They blame Moses and they say, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if we had died in the wilderness. You talk about no hope. You know how much faith it takes to die? Not very much. yet, this was what they were talking about. And guess what? When I have that mentality, I'll never have fruit in my life. In saying that today, Quit blaming people, guys. Quit bl- When you blame people for what happens, it'll paralyze you. It'll keep you right there. And sometimes, guys, the way we're born into this world, it may not be f- fair. But I promise you, if you'll do the word of God, God will move. God will move in your life. Turn over a couple books to, to uh, chapter number, same, same book to chapter 21. Numbers 21. Now, if we read verse 3, and I'm moving real quick here for time's sake. Not only did they blame Moses and Aaron, you know who they blamed next? God. It's your fault, God. You have that mentality today, guys. It's going to keep you in a comatose state. you got to get rid of those thoughts. Numbers 21, verse 4. Then they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. Many translations there were that says the word discouraged, it says they became impatient. I want it now. I want it now. And when things don't happen now, you know what our motto is? The word doesn't work. The word doesn't work. No, the word works I've got to give it time to start getting rooted. Get it down on the inside of me. And I don't care what the situation is, speak the word. I don't know, I don't care what's going on in your life. Find in the scriptures that it applies to you the word of God and start speaking it. You get in there and start saying, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I can't. God has given me permission. He said, I can. He said, I can he said, I'm more than a conqueror. That's Romans 8, 37. I'm more than a conqueror. Over and over, you've got to find Scripture that applies to your life and hold fast to that. So right here, you begin to see they begin to be impatient. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food, no water. Our soul loth or detest this worthless bread. So what ultimately happens here, guys, We become very similar to the Israelites. It's easy to blame God. It's easy to blame Moses and Aaron. But the bottom line is, and this hurts. When I start figuring out, God's not my problem. Moses and Aaron's not my problem. I'm the problem. That hurts. But you know what with that? I begin to look at it and say, okay, what am I going to do? I've tried to figure things out my own ability, but I've got to live by the Word of God. Turn over with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32. See, guys, rebellion is a lethal weapon in the heart. Go right to, to, to Deuteronomy. That's the next book over. Promotion, guys, only comes by walking out the test. What do you mean by that? Well, if you were to read uh, Psalms 23... He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Now get a hold of that. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of death. He didn't say, yea, though I go underneath it. Yea, though I go around it. Yea, God puts me on a helicopter and I go over it. Now that's not what it said. It said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to tell you guys, there's going to be things we all going to go through. And when I go through tribulations and I go through these persecutions, I hang on to the Word of God. And I said, this is what God says. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God is working mightily in me. The Word of God has anchored me. I want to give you a little tidbit today. You don't have to chase success. You chase God and success will chase you. Where's that at, Pastor? That's Hebrews 11, 6. God is a rewarder and rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Man, when you start seeking God, God will bless you. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9. For the Lord's portion is His people. Now, this really jumped out to me, guys, when I began to read this in a Jewish commentary. For the Lord's portion is His people. If you notice in there, it doesn't say, for the Lord's portion is people. It said the Lord's portion is His people. His people. The ones that know God. The ones that know the word of God. That's what it's talking about. He goes on to say, Jacob or Israel, the place of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, in the wasteland a howling wilderness, but he encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. I'm the apple of God's eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wing, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. And so Jewish commentary in this passage right here, guys, it it likens God's love to us is an eagle to her eaglets. And God loves us, guys, enough where he watches over us, he protects us. And so what happens here, even with the eagles, she shelters her young and she teaches her young. You know what we need to do today? We need to get some eagle habits. So what ends up happening here? I'm going to tell you a little story real quick about the mother eaglets. Or the mother eagle. The eaglets don't want to leave the nest. They kind of like home. You know why? It's comfortable. It's shelter. They got food. But the mother looks at them and says, Listen, I don't want you guys staying babies your whole life. You got to grow up. You got to grow up. And so what happens, the mother begins to tear the nest away. And as she begins to tear the nest away, the home at one time that was very comfortable, now has little sticks. And it starts poking them. But no one said life would be comfortable. And so even as the eaglets, they look at their mother and they think, what are you doing? Do you not love me anymore? And see, a lot of times, this is what we say to Father God, when He puts us in positions of test. What are you doing? Do you not love us anymore? And so what ends up happening? The mother gives one of the little eaglets a push right out of the nest. And Father God will do that to us. And what happens with tests in our life? We're not like in, in elementary school. You know, if you flunk the first grade six times, eventually they're going to look at you and say, Man, we've got to pass him. He's getting too big to be playing with these other first graders. Not with Father God. God says, you know what? You're going to take the test again. And you're going to take it again. And you're going to take it again. Until you pass it. And so the mother, she shoves this little eaglet out. And the little eaglet starts spiraling out of control. And he is looking as he thinks, I'm going to splat into those rocks. And my life is going to be over. And at the last minute, the mother eagle swoops in and saves him takes him back up to the nest and kicks him out again. And the little eaglet's thinking, what are you trying to do, kill me? And sometimes that's how we look at God. What are you trying to do, kill me? And so the little eaglet starts spiraling out of control again, thinking I'm going to splat. And at the last minute, the mother eagle swoops in and catches him. She takes him up and repeats it over and over and over and over again until the little eaglet learns to fly on his own. And the mother eagle watches as he soars above the storm clouds. And he flies on his own. See, that's exactly what Father God wants to do for us. And look at verse 12. So the Lord alone led him. And there was no foreign God with him. In other words, that's my God. He's the only one I'm going to serve. And so as I look at all this, guys, I believe today God's wanting to stir our nest up. He's wanting to stir your nest. I believe some of us, he's wanting to kick us on out and say, listen, it's time that you start living by the word. It's time you start living by faith. It's time you start trusting me. How many of you remember this old song? I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. And I say that today to many of you, dream again. Dream again. Some of you have been embedded in that nest. And you've settled and you've become stale and you realize, God has more for me than what I'm doing. See, you remember when, when Peter was on the boat? And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, come on out here on the water. And at that time, Peter had two options. He could sit in the boat. You know when you sit in the boat? The boat's real comfortable not a lot of threat in the boat but you know what most people are doing in the boat they're complaining they're complaining about how sorry their life is and people sit in the boat day after day after day but oh Peter decided when Jesus gave him permission and said come on and when you read that passage Peter got out of the boat and started to step toward the water and I believe the other disciples were saying hey Pete people don't walk on the water Jesus gave me permission to. But Peter, the water's deep, the water's cold, and you don't know how to swim. But Jesus said I could come. And here's what happens in life. You can either be a wet water walker or you can be a dry boat setter. Huh, never heard that. I choose to be a wet water walker. I don't want to go through life and sit in the boat all my life. And look and think. Man I wish I'd got out by faith. I would st- wish I'd have stepped out by faith. I would rather get out of the boat. And sink than sit in the boat my whole life. And the Proverbs say this. A righteous man will fall seven times. But he'll get back up. i got to keep getting back up with the word of God. And i got to keep running. And i got to start trusting God again guys. And that's some of you. Allow the word of God to take root in you. You know, when I bury elderly people, right before they die, almost every time, I'll say, if you had to do life all over again, you know what almost every one of them say? What would you have done differently? And they'll say, I wish I'd have taken more risks. I wish I would have taken more risks. In other words, I wish I'd have trusted God more. I wish I'd have got out of the boat. Let the word of God anchor you. Let the word of God settle you today. Stand on your feet with me here. See, maybe you're here today. Boy, you guys are quiet in this Presbyterian church. Maybe you're here today, guys.